Hello everybody, uh, welcome to Street Life Ministries. I'm here with my friend Tina, um, works with Real Options, who is a partner of Street Life Ministries. And thank you so much for being here today and sharing your testimony with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, give the Lord thanks and then we'll go into this, okay? Okay. All right, so Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you right now, Lord, and just uh, ask you just to be with Tina. I know Tina's a little nervous right now, so Lord, just fill her with your spirit. Um, use everything that you have created in Tina's life as her as her testimony and the glory that she gets to share that um, all the goodness that you have done in her life, God. Uh, let that uh, testimony be heard uh, to all of our viewers. And I just pray that somebody will hear something or see something in this testimony that will uh, spark an interest uh, to get to know you more or reach out for help and uh, find a way to um, uh, to seek you in a deeper way. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Again, thanks a lot for being here. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So where were you born and raised? I was born here in California. I'm a California native. I was born in Daly City. Awesome. Um, moved to the Bay Area at, when I was three and have been living in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley since. Cool. And mom, dad? Yes. Mom and dad are from the Philippines. Um, they came here when they were teenagers and... Um, just wanted um, the American life for myself and my siblings. Cool. And brothers and sisters? One older brother. He's 10 years older than me and an older sister who's four years older than me. Cool. So, so I am the youngest. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your childhood. What was your childhood like? Um, it was great. Um, both I came from um, a loving family, um, both my mom and dad. It's been 53 years, I think, that they've been married and actually 63, and they're still going strong. Um, so we've had, a, I've had a great role model um, growing up. Um, we didn't show a lot of affection, but I knew my parents loved me and my siblings, and uh, my mom was a homemaker, and she just raised us as my dad worked. Um, and he also worked in the city. Um, he worked as, he went to, um, college and also worked as a city council member. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. And what did he do for a living? He was a business manager. So, so um, that's really yeah, cool. credit, um, credit in business. Yeah. That's so cool. So um, what was your school life like? School? Well, um, I grew up in Milpitas, which was a very small town. So those who we pretty much grew up together. Everybody went to the same middle school and the same high school. Um, I still have friends that I've been close with for over 40 years since second grade. Wow. And um, yes, and it was, um, I'd say high school was rough. I just was not involved in any sports. It just kind of didn't like it, but I knew I had to go or else I probably wouldn't be able to stay at home. <laughs> sports? Yes, or I, I didn't play any sports. Oh, okay. I just, yeah. Cool. So um, so you, a lot of friends, you said you're still friends with today. Yes. 40 years, huh? Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Right on, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Most of my friends are, unfortunately, my friends and I got loaded with drugs and stuff. Some of my friends are in prison for the rest of their life, and oh. some of them are dead. So, yeah, a little bit different of a lifestyle. That's, well, my, that's my testimony, but anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> You must have made some good choices along the way. Uh, yeah, well, I, I had help from a judge. Okay, so you, um, so your friends from high school, and did you're still connected with? Yes, yes. So give me a little bit of uh, a history. So how I know you work for Real Options. How how did you go from high school to 
real options? Well, I haven't been, I've been out of high school for um, many years, but um, when I was a sophomore in high school, I, um, I had an unplanned pregnancy. And during that time, I was, I was very scared. It wasn't as, um, there weren't as many resources to, that there are today um, back then for teenagers. Um, very little resources, but I decided I wasn't going to keep my child. Um, the first um, time I, I had gone um, to get an abortion, I was ready to have one, and the doctor looks at the nurse and he says, she's further along than we thought, so she needs to make another appointment, um, and they need to prep me a little bit early. Um, and a few weeks later, I went to another clinic to get an abortion because I was determined I am not going to have a baby at 15 years old. And so the, the other clinic um, decided that they couldn't do it either. They could not um, perform the abortion because my baby was in a breech position. And they didn't perform abortions um, with a breech position baby. So a couple weeks later, I made another appointment. Um, this time I was six months further along and there was a place in Oakland um, who said they'd be willing to do the abortion. And by the time I got there, I said, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, God saved my baby's life twice and there, there's going to be something, um, there's got to be a way that I'm going to keep this baby. So I spoke with the nurse who, um, who talked to me about the abortion, and I said, I don't know um, how to tell you this, but I can't do the abortion, but my mom and my brother are outside, and they're expecting me to have it done because my dad's pretty much going to kick me out of the house, and he's going to kill me. Um, and so the whole staff got together, and they told my mom and my brother we can't perform the abortion for medical reasons. And I ended up um, giving my baby up for adoption. Um, he, I chose life for him and I could not give him the life that he deserved. So um, I chose to give him a family who were wanting a baby for several years and um, him and I are best friends today. He, I'm, I'm friends with him and his parents, his family, and we visit each other regularly. He lives in Anaheim. And um, I think that that just, it just goes to show the miracle that God can do in anyone's life. And um, after I decided to, um, after college, I went to, um, I worked at different companies. Um, you're in the Silicon Valley, we're a tech area, so I worked in the high-tech area, but I never felt fulfilled. And um, I just kept praying about where, what my purpose is. Um, oftentimes we go through life and we wonder, well, what's my purpose? What does God have planned for me? Am I just gonna go through life working and doing the same thing every day, day in and day out. Um, after having my family and um, now that my kids are grown, I continue to pray about it. 
and the Lord kept directing me to Real Options, and that is a clinic for those who don't know. That's a clinic who um, that helps others um, who may find themselves in a situation and an unwanted pregnancy, and we give them options um, such as adoption, um, prenatal care. Um, Getting, helping them get medical insurance um, to carry their baby to full term. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer, we also partner with Rachel's Vineyard, who if um, women have, who have had abortions or miscarriages or they suffered a grief of that, they, um, they can go for healing. Um, and the Lord just works through those areas and completely restores them. Wow, that is such a powerful story. I'm just sitting here just like in awe. Um, so as you were saying these things, I, I've got, I have a whole bunch of other questions that kind of came up. So you, you referenced God a few times in this. So were you raised a Christian? I was raised in a Catholic church. Um, we went to church every Sunday. I did catechism. I did my communion um, with my friends from high school, actually. And um, my parents are still involved at the same church that I was raised at. So So how did, okay, without trying to be kind of, I'm not trying to debate or anything, but just, just question. So how did your parents reconcile being devout Catholics with like bringing you, wanting you to have an abortion? How did they reconcile that? How did they say that? How did they, how did they make that seem like that was okay? Well, my dad wasn't aware of it. So uh, my mom and my brother were, um, you know, when you you look at something in a worldly perspective and not really what God can do, but when you're 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 just looking at specific things that are in front of you, um, just as most women who find themselves in an unwanted pregnancy, it's like, okay, I'm too young, or I've got this going for me, or that going for me. So they look at what's happening in the here and now, um, and not what God can do in the spiritual aspect of things. So sure. I think my mom and my brother were just like, no, you have, you've got to get this done because this is going to ruin your life. Right. Basically, you right. can't be 15 raising a baby on your own. We're not going to raise the baby for you. We're not, you know, what, how are you going to do this? Where are you going to live? You're going to end up on the street. You're, so that's how they saw sure, that makes sense. it. Um, and after... We spoke with my dad about it, and you know he became aware of the situation. He was very glad that um, that I did not go through the abortion, and he said that would have that would not have been good. It would have been a bad decision. So, your option is keep the baby and move out, um, live on your own, or you can give your baby up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And that's when we I said, no, I I want to give him a life that I can't give him. Sure, and, um, sure. So that was that was how it happened. That's that's awesome. I'm adopted, <clears throat> so just so you know. So my mom was 13 when she gave birth to me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a crazy story, I, and I've reconnected with her. That's awesome. All, all years. She's actually serving a life sentence uh, without the possibility of parole for oh. for murder, um, which is a whole unbelievable story in in itself. But she became a Christian. So okay. She, she works for the church in the prison. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. Or we, we pen pal, we talk on the, she calls me from the prison all the time. And oh, wow. She's an amazing woman. She's, she's amazing. Um, actually, my mom is the one that gifted me with uh, 23 and Me. 
And so I took the 23andMe and then I mm -hmm. went online and did the whole online matching oh. to find her. Wow. It took, it took about three years for the, for it to match, finally mm -hmm. find something. Because when they, when they did the 23andMe, mm -hmm. I was finding 10th and 11th generation cousins. Oh. And I'm like, this is never going to happen. Yeah. And then just, and between 23andMe and social media, I ended up getting a Facebook message from somebody who says, I'm your second cousin. And I know your mom. And we started going back and forth. And That's amazing. The interesting thing was, is I said, well, prove to me you know that this is my mom. And she says, I'm going to send you four separate pictures of four different men that you're related to. You tell me what you think. And she sent me the pictures. And we all look exactly alike. Same salt and pepper hair. I mean, every, I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was the first time in my entire life, ever since I was a little kid, it was the first time I've ever seen anybody that looked just like me because my mom and dad don't look like me my aunts and uncles don't look like me right wow. it was the first time ever i got to see in in as a mirror of what other relatives look like and they look just like me i was like i was blown away i sent them over to my my wife right away i says who do you think this looks like she goes they look like your brothers and i go they are Wow. they're half brothers but they're my brothers that's amazing <laughs> yeah so it's incredible it's, it's yeah so so adoption is great. Yes. Right. Um, 1970, when I was born, abortion hadn't become legal yet. So um, she, it was either keep me or give me up for adoption. And so I had that choice. But anyway, that's my, t my thing. But it worked out well. It did. So, um, in fact, working for Real Options, <clears throat> excuse me, I was able to, the statistics show that less than 1% of those who face an unplanned pregnancy um, do not want to give or, or give their child up adoption for adoption. And the reason why is because they think, um, well, I don't know what kind of home my child is going to go into. What if it's not a good loving home? So it, it's kind of convoluted because then I always think, well, wait, you're going to you're going to choose abortion because, rather than adoption because with adoption, you, you may not know. But in my case and in, in several other cases, um, now we have the open adoption. So you get to meet the families. You get to spend time with them. You get to choose. Um, so it's not just, well, I don't know, and, and it's, it's not the fear of the unknown. It's, okay, I can develop a relationship and a bond with this family and still um, maybe, you know, be involved in this child's life, whether it be as he grows up or later on. Um, and so there's a lot of people shy away from adoption, um, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful gift that moms give who choose that, who choose sure. that route. So let me ask you, I don't know if, if you have numbers or statistics or whatever, but um, just for people who would be watching this or whatever. So uh, a woman comes into a real options, pregnant, desperate. Her option is I'm going to go to down the street to the other place and have an abortion. But so things, something's urging me and poking at me to go to real options. Um, either she's single or comes in there with a boyfriend or fiance or husband or whatever. What, what is, what is the percentage that walk in your office with that mindset? And then, and then after they see the sonogram and actually talk to you guys where they say, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to keep the baby. Um, <clears throat> I don't know the percentage of those who 
walk in, but I'll say what I do know is that 85% choose life for their child. That's amazing. That's awesome. So they walk through that door, maybe abortion-minded, unsure, scared, um, don't know what to do. And again, the fear of the unknown. And wait a minute, this baby is going to affect my life in such a way where I may not be able to continue on with the plans that I've had. Sure. But um, 85% um, of these women choose life. And it just reminds me of the verse in the Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11, where the Lord says, you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And when I walked around and didn't know what my purpose was, but I continued to pray about it, that's where the Lord brought me to real options. Um, it's just a place of, it's just so fulfilling where you can touch lives in many ways and partner with Street Life Ministries such as you, where we can reach those who may not feel that they have a purpose or may not feel um, that they have hope. Sure. And we're, we're there for them and they just need to hear about us and know. Well, and that and plus, I will say just the fact that you guys do um, feminine care mm -hmm. for women, you know, because right now we, my wife and I, we average about 10 homeless women per 10 men. But the 10 homeless, or the two homeless women per 10 men, they don't go get OBGYN, they don't get any checkup, and they don't really, to be honest with you, they don't have anybody who really cares mm -hmm. to actually have a conversation. And I, my wife has brought women over to Real Options that aren't pregnant, but just meet somebody at your office and feel like, hey, I, I've just, I felt like I just got cared for, yep. you know? And so it helps, because there's a lot of, dig, you know, dignity in knowing that somebody actually cares about you and wants to walk you through, Here, right. the, the, here's some things that you need to look out for, especially because you're homeless. And this, I mean, people don't understand, people, most people probably don't realize how, how much victim, goes on mm. with the females out on the street. I mean, they're subject to all sorts of heinous stuff that people don't even think about. Um, I don't know if they don't think about it or they don't want to think about it, but as a fe it doesn't matter. If she's female, she's she's very vulnerable. And so um, my wife is, it feels like she's constantly always running interference oh, wow. for the women on the streets because of that. Um, so yeah, that's been a great... Um, outlet for us to have you guys as partners and and now you guys gave, gave us those pregnancy kits which my wife I told her last uh, the other day that we, we have those now and she's like oh cool I've got a woman that I need to go out and talk to I think oh. she might be pregnant <clears throat> so wow. she's going to go out uh, this afternoon and go uh, oh, have her checked to see wonderful. and then if she is she'll, she'll yeah. be over real options yes <laughs> so. yes and what the amazing thing about uh, real options is we're holistic, so we don't only care for the body, but spiritual, like every other aspect mm -hmm. at every level is where we minister to them. Um, so it's not just, you know, come in, let's let's take care of what we need to take care of and talk to you about adoption or um, prenatal care, but it's really where, where your heart is. And we have um, areas in our, in our office where they meet with an optimal health coach. Mm -hmm. So we can talk to them and they can share their heart with us so we know how we can pray for them and what um where the lord can lead us through that so um that's what's amazing it's just it, it's a 
we cover the whole area of their needs, not just um, physical needs, but their heart. And yeah. so that's also where our education comes in. Um, yeah. We have an education program where we go out to both public and private schools, and we speak to high school and junior high children um, about their heart, the most important thing that we need to guard and um, respect, respecting ourselves and one another and relationships and what is a healthy relationship? What is a toxic relationship? Because these tools are wonderful for them to have now. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at, you know, here I've, I've gone through so many things and I look back and I say, gosh, I wish I had those tools when I was in high school. I wonder what changes I would have made or how I would view things um, differently. Um, and that's definitely, I think, something that a lot of us struggle with is, am I good enough? Um, I messed up here, or you, you feel guilt and shame because of a mistake you made or a poor choice, but that's where um, we're able to step in and the Lord uses real options and street life ministries and ministries such as ours to minister and to help those and pray for others who may feel that there's no hope. Um, I thought for the longest time there was no hope for me, and you know, many years later, I'm 49, and now I've fi finally found my place, and the Lord was just preparing me for it. And I see that now, and I, I get to help save babies. I get to share my testimony. And if one person is um, saved or has hope or um, can reach out um, to other areas um, for help, um, I think it's worth it. It's all worth it. That's cool. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I just when you were talking about the high school or the those kids in the school, I just I was thinking, you know, my wife and I, our son, it's interesting. He's fifteen, and um, it, it feels like we went from our little baby mm. to this teenager who's now hormones and puberty and just all of a sudden, like overnight, you know. Right. And it was like girls were not even close to a radar. And, and then all of a sudden, like overnight, like, hey, yep. what's that over there in the corner of the room? That's she's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and my wife and I are like, no, you <clears throat> right? Know, like, you know, mad dash to like, nah, <laughs> you know. And um, and the good thing is, is that you know we raise our son. He knows, you know, we're, we're um, no dating until you're married, until you're ready for marriage, and mm -hmm. you know, and we're we're talking about that. You know, we're having these conversations. But I will say, you know, that there is a huge difference between having a home where Christ is the center, center and not because he knows with, with the Christian values that we hold in our home and how he's supposed to respect not only himself, but others is huge. And I, I think that's really cool that you guys are going into the schools. Mm -hmm. I know the public school might be a little bit of a gray area where, where you can talk about Christ. I don't know, but, but I think there's a way of doing it in a sense where you could teach people a sense of what, how to respect others. Because right. I know for myself, my, you know, my drug past and stuff, I, w I was, my, my sexual identity was so messed up from the things that happened to me when I was a kid mm. that I had, I didn't know. So I just, you know, I just, I just was an abuser. You know, I would, I would date and date and date and date and, and always try to fill a hole. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and then you don't realize it until you get, as, as when I got to an adult, that that was so unfulfilling. 
you know, and the trail that you leave behind is just, it's horrific, you know. I know that now that I'm saved, you know, and so being able to raise our kid to not go through that, right. you know, even though we, you know, we all make mistakes, but you don't have to go through that. You don't need to make those mistakes, you know, and uh, I think it's really good, too, for girls to learn. You don't need to do certain things to get a boy to like you. Right. Just, just <clears throat> know who you are and know your identity and just... A no is a no, you know? Yes, and I think there's just so much peer pressure, um, and it, it just gets more and more difficult as years yeah. go by. And our our country, our world, um, you know, things that used to be unheard of before or completely wrong, somehow it's now being turned around because the enemy is is um, lying to us and we're listening. You know, mm. things, things that our parents have taught us growing up, all of a sudden, it's just the opposite these days. And so it's really hard to, to keep those um, b- morals and those beliefs, but when you're standing steadfast and standing firm and know who you are in Christ, yeah. it's not difficult. It's amazing. I think I read somewhere in a book somewhere where it talks about where the wrong will be right and the right will be wrong. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we're, ah. there, we're there. We're, yep. Yep. <laughs> so I know my wife, my wife and I both sometimes we wake up and we just feel like, gosh, did we just go all the way to the book of Revelation? I feel like I we're in it. We're, we're in it. We're yeah. living it. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely. Sure. Um, I heard from my sister-in-law, the first three chapters have already been completed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we're, I don't. I, I know. Mean, I have a, a, a friend of mine, she's, she's a, a friend of my wife and I, and she's Orthodox Jewish. And we were, we were talking one time about, you know, the ending of the world. And she, she still ha- she's kind of, she's coming to, to understand Jesus and she's trying to wrap her head around it. And I, and, and I looked at her and go, we're just waiting for you. Mm. If you guys would just, would just believe, you know, and yeah. she just laughs. And we, we joke with each other and, and stuff like that. But it, it's just, it's amazing how. We're, we're, we're living it right now. Yep. So, yep. Um, thank you. Thank for, for, you. For sharing your story. So, um, yeah, I guess what you said at the end there was, was perfect. So if anybody was considering um, uh, an abortion or, or contemplating life or whatever, any thoughts, any last final thoughts on that? Um, gosh, there, there are so many things I can think of, but... Um, you know, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, and he always has the final say. He always has the last word. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been given the tools to make the right decision, and um, life is sacred. Life is important. I am so glad that my mom chose life for me, and I'm sure everybody else feels um, the same. Um, I think that... If you find yourself in a position where you're scared or you're unsure, um, we truly at Real Options care. Um, we want to walk this with you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you leave our clinic, we continue to pray for you. We continue to call you to let you know that we're still here. Whatever you decide. Um, no judgment. We welcome you with open arms, and um, everybody has their why at Real Options, which is why we are so passionate about what we do, and 
we um, not only care about you and your baby, but all of you, mm-hmm. spiritual, um, emotional. We, we care about the all, all of you as a whole, um, not just the bits and pieces. So come as you are, like we do to Jesus, and um, we'll, we'll meet you where, you where you're at. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. God you, bless you. God bless you.